This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's time. Time for Silver and Black today. To the ground game. Touchdown Las Vegas. We're breaking down the latest Raider news from on and off the field. And bringing you conversations with newsmakers and record breakers. So hold on, Raider Nation. It's time to get get it it on. Here's your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moulton. Welcome back, Raider Nation. It is that time again. Yes, it's time to spend time with Uncle Scott and Uncle Mo. It's time for Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast covering your Las Vegas Raiders. Thanks for being back with us here. If you don't already subscribe to the podcast, what are you waiting for? Go now, please. We ask you, we implore you. That'll help us out significantly. Wherever you get your podcast, just search for Silver and Black today or ask Alexa, hey, Alexa. Silver and black today. Those guys rock. And then she'll subscribe you to it. So just do that. Also, if you're watching us on YouTube, hit the subscription button and make sure you smash. That's what the kids say today. Smash that uh, notifications bell so that you get notified anytime we have a new video. Uh, And I say anytime we have a new video, because this show is not just me. This show is us. I'm Scott Branson. This is Mr. Mo Moten. He is the national NFL writer for Bleacher Report. You can catch all his work up there on the entire league. And if you want to read him specifically on Raiders material, we got a spot for that too. That is sportsnot.com, which you can catch him up there as well. You can follow him on Twitter at Mo Moten, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. I am at LV Gully. And I too contribute to sportsnot.com, not as much as Mo. But I do get up there occasionally, and I usually piss people off. So that's just the way it goes. But anyway, one of us has to do it. So I decide to do it because Mo's just, you know, Mo is so easygoing. He was sick yesterday's show. Miraculously, he takes his older brother Scott's advice, ODs on vitamin C, hopefully had some tea, had some avocado smoothie, and you're feeling better, man. Yeah, toughing it out. Uh, feeling feeling better today than I did yesterday. A little more charged up. Uh, Phil disclosure <laughs> before I got on the show, Scott, I told him I literally just kind of rolled out of bed to my right and got on the show. So today, today I got a running start, but I won't right. give I won't give up the details to that. But yes, feeling a lot better today. 
I love it. All right. Well, that's good, man. Uh, and and we are here. We're going to talk today, Mo. It, it happens every year, right? Which is the rumor mill. The off season is not even officially here yet because we're still we're in championship weekend, conference championship weekend. We kind of previewed the games yesterday, which was a little early, but those games on Sunday, of course, the 49ers and the Eagles and the Chiefs and the excuse me, excuse ooh, sorry, there comes uh, my my morning coffee. Uh, but no, the and the Bengals. So so we've covered those games already, but in the meantime, all. Uh, of the other 28 teams and their fan bases are sitting on their thumbs waiting for something to happen in the offseason, right? And so what we start to see is, I think, a little bit of what we saw. And, and make let me make the disclosure here. By and far, when we're talking about what I would consider credible journalists, whether they're online journalists, whether they're TV journalists, whether they're print, i.e. newspaper journalists, um, we mean that's what we're talking about here is credible folks. Um, but the rumor mill stuff starts up, Mo. Uh, we know the Derek Carr stuff, that's not rumor mill. That's happening. It's in process. So you expect things to come out about that. And we'll get into that a little bit later because you wrote a column about that. But the other thing is you start to see talk of players coming and going. Well, Jeremy Fowler from ESPN, again, one of those guys who is incredibly uh, uh, professional and somebody that you know is a full NFL insider, uh, put out there that, geez, the Raiders look, uh, and Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels look to be getting more of, quote unquote, their guys in the building so that that might make some folks from the previous regime, players, more expendable. And he specifically mentioned Darren Waller. Bing, by the way, I'm okay with trading Darren Waller. I know I said that, but there's a caveat there. And number two, one that was a surprise, I think, for most fans was Hunter Renfro. Mo, you look at these rumors, you start to see this. Um, and one side, it makes sense. But then you see another report about how Tom Brady's most likely landing spot, if he doesn't retire, is the Raiders. But how? why would he want to go to the Raiders if they trade away two of their biggest offensive pieces and they still don't have an offensive line? So make sense of this to me. Explain to folks who get frustrated by this rumor mill stuff, how do they look between the lines and say, okay, how do I decide what I should take with a grain of salt? And what should I look at and say, hey, maybe there's some fire where that's that where that smoke is. Now, as you said, Jeremy Fowler is a respected journalist. I believe he covered the Pittsburgh Steelers for years. Yeah. So this is not a guy who's just throwing stuff at the wall and hopefully hoping it sticks. I think I think there's some chatter about how the Raiders can get better for the future. Now, I think if Tom Brady is legit target and they're considering Tom Brady and Tom Brady is giving them signs that, okay, I may consider Las Vegas, it doesn't make any sense to trade Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro because part of the reason Tom Brady would be coming to Las Vegas is because he could play with those guys. Yep. How I explain this is that if the Raiders are, and this it could be true, again, Jeremy Files is a respected journalist, if the Raiders are could considering trading Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller, it's probably because they plan to blow the whole thing up. Mm. So what if they don't get Tom Brady? What if they don't get Aaron Rodgers? What if they wind up with Jimmy Garoppolo, Jared Stidham, Jacoby Brissett? Then I think you consider trading Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller because then you can say, okay, we're, we're just going to blow this whole thing up. Mm. But I will say that, I wouldn't consider that route because, as I said before on previous shows, 
Josh McDaniels is, is under some heat. I think he goes into the 2023 season on the hot seat. So I think he has to win or has to show some promising signs of improvement right away. So to me, it would be counterproductive to trade two of your key offensive playmakers if, if you are on the hot seat. Now, I could be wrong. Maybe he's not on the hot seat. Maybe he's talked to Mark Davis, and Mark Davis says, look, whatever happens in 2023, you're good for a third year. Yep. Now, if he got that word from Mark Davis, then I could see why trading your key players makes sense because then you're just collecting draft capital and blowing it all up and building for the future. Yeah, but I, I, I seriously, in my heart of hearts, Mo, I just doubt that they're going to blow it up because, look, you know, we went over this on yesterday's show in comparing them to the Bengals and, and to the Eagles as well, which is you can turn around a team pretty quickly. As bad as it looks for on the Raiders on offense, remember, they're off their defense, excuse me. The defense was no worse. And in fact, it was a tiny bit better, believe it or not, than it was in 2021. So, again, it's bad. It's in the low, it's in the high 20s, 26 to be exact. So I know they have to get bodies there. They have to spend a lot of money in draft capital to build the defense, and we all know that's going to happen. That said, if even if you don't get a Tom Brady or an Aaron Rodgers and you get a bridge veteran, a Garoppolo or somebody like that, and then you decide you're going to draft a young quarterback, it would make no sense to get rid of those guys, right? Because suddenly – you need those offensive. You have the offense where if you improve your defense significantly and you have a quarterback back there who can who's good and passable and can get you into the playoffs, then you don't want to blow it up. Um, so we don't know what's what's in their head. But I'm surprised the Waller one. I told you I, I was in favor of training Waller depending on what they were doing uh, because I think he's going to have the highest value. Renfro though, I'm interested in hearing your thoughts. As much as you and I both like Hunter Renfro as a player. And as a guy, I mean, he was a contributor on this show on Raider Nation Radio. Um, the injuries, the fumbles we talked about, um, and and reports that I get that maybe, you know, he's not as into it as he was before. I'm wondering what value Hunter Renfro has. I know from a salary cap perspective what it looks like for the Raiders. It's basically a wash if they were to trade him because I think they would gain $5 million in cap, but the, the, the dead cap hit is seven. Um, and so, so when you look at that, though, what does the trade market look like for a Hunter Renfro coming off an injury? Probably a middle-round pick. Now, I yeah. know he got into the Pro Bowl. There was an injury. He got into the Pro Bowl last year, mm -hmm. had over 1,000 yards receiving. But I would assume that the market isn't that high for a primary slot receiver. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not downplaying the, 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 the significance of having a, a top-notch slot receiver, but mm – -hmm. Teams aren't going to be giving the Raiders a second first round pick for Hunter Renfro. No, so I, no. I just don't see the the ultimate gain in trading him. Yeah. If you thought that he could be, you know, that one thousand yard receiver when you gave him the extension, so obviously the Raiders gave him the extension because they felt like he could be a core player. I don't see why you would trade him after one year unless he wants out. And Hunter Renfro doesn't seem like that guy is going to make a lot of noise in the locker room. Now I do know he was extremely and is extremely. <sighs> close with Derek Carr. I mean, I know that from my time in Las Vegas and talking to Hunter individually uh, that that they, I mean, when I say extremely close, a lot of people making the, the noise about Devontae Adams and Derek Carr being close. Hunter Renfro and Derek Carr are very, very close, like brothers almost, I would say, by my estimation. And so I don't know if that, you know, how things have gone and what he feels. 
but but I don't see any value in it. And again, it goes back to some of these reports. Remember, Raider Nation is a valuable property. I know the Raiders have not been good consistently or at all for a long time, but the brand is still valued. It still has its mystique. Surprisingly, most teams who lose for that long do not, but the Raiders do. That's how rich their history is. So publications, reporters know if they report on the Raiders, especially with the Tom Brady stuff swirling around it, that you're going to get people to read your stuff. And I'm not saying Jeremy Fowler made anything up because he's got great sources. He's been very impeccable. So whoever he talked to, I'm sure told him this. But what I'm curious about, Mo, is if I'm Dave Ziegler and and whoever this source for Jeremy Fowler and others, because others are reporting it too, said that they want their guys, why would you give him an extension last year? Like those are, and the same goes for Carr. We've had this discussion with Carr's time being up with the Raiders. They all went in, hey, we love these guys. And now maybe it's because of Waller's injuries and they gave him the thing and then now they're disappointed and they want to get rid of him. With Hunter Renfro, though, his injury was, you know, a head injury. And then you have, of course, the the hip. So so you look at that and you think if those are their guys, then why would they want to get rid of them? And then, then why would they tell a source that they're no longer their guys? It's very odd to me. It is very odd. And to me, once you give a guy an extension without an out clause, as they give right. their car, that they become your guys. Once you give that guy a multi-year extension, they become <clears throat> your guys because you decided to pay them. Yeah. So I don't. So from that standpoint, is another reason I don't. Again, I don't want to question Jeremy Fowler and his no, sources because he not, was one of the he, he was one of the first people that threw out the idea that the Raiders were going to waive Alex Leatherwood. Yes. Now. He was one of the people that came out and, and tweeted that. And a lot of people were like, no, they're going to you know, try to use him as a guard. And I felt like they should have. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or no, they're going to keep him. No way they waive him after a year like that. And look what happened. So I'm not saying that the Raiders are going to trade these two guys, but I would, I would assume that there is a plan in place that they would at least consider it if they get good draft capital in return. Now, as you said, I think they can get more for Darren Wallerson because – He's produced a lot more in recent years than Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro mm-hmm. had one standout year. Darren Waller had a couple of standout years, and he's still regarded as one of the top pass-catching tight ends in the league. So I could see Darren Waller fetching a second and third-round pick. Hunter Renfro may be, you know, fourth, fifth-round pick. Yeah, and and let me say this, too, for, for folks who don't necessarily know, and I'm not. it's not like a magician revealing how tricks are done here, but having worked around beat reporters – Okay, so the guys who cover the team, like a Jeremy Fowler, and of course the guys who cover the team for the Raiders, um, I dealt with them when I worked in college athletics. I dealt with them when I worked in, in the world of boxing. And sometimes sources will give stories, including sources from the team, because they want to put out a story or they want to put out feelers. So in this case, Jeremy Fowler, very, his source could very well be somebody in the Raider organization who says, by the way, yeah, you know what? I heard that they, they might be willing to trade Darren Waller because guess what? Then somebody, somebody hears that, picks up the phone and calls Dave Ziegler and says, hey, man, we need a tight end. We'll give you a first-round draft pick. I mean, you don't know what's going to come in the door, right? And so by floating it out there, even if you don't have any intention, now you have some consequences there with the player who hears it too, by the way. That's a different story. But – if you, you hear this every year, and sometimes it's the agent, maybe the agent of one of the players doesn't want to be with the Raiders anymore. Maybe the team is just feeling to see what he's worth. Because if somebody comes at you and says, hey, we'll give you a, a second round, high second round draft pick for Darren, Darren Waller, or we'll give you a high third round draft pick for Hunter Renfro, you have to entertain the offer. And so, and by the way, Darren Waller's 
hard cap hit for 2023 is what, 660000 So if they got draft capital back on that guy, I mean, you're willing to listen on anybody. And so there's some of that at play too, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And you did a very good job of breaking down how rumors get out there. Mm-hmm. And it's not that Jeremy Fowler is reporting false rumors. He's actually, nope. as you said, probably hearing it from credible sources connected to the team who may want to see wait, what can we get for Darren Waller and Hunter Murphy without actually saying it ourselves. We'll just yeah. pass it on to someone who can pass it on to Jeremy Fowler, one of these reporters. So it could be, as you said, just a, a feeler method of, you know, what can we get? We're not putting them on a trade block, so to speak, but what would you give us if you got on the phone with us and we said they were available? <laughs> you know, is that is that type of deal? I think it's I think it's that more than an agent speaking for a player who's unhappy because to me, right. I, I think Darren Waller, I know they don't have a quarterback in place right now, but I don't think Darren Waller has a thought about like I want to play somewhere else because Derek Carr left. I remember mm-hmm. after Derek Carr was benched, they interviewed Darren Waller. I don't want to say what was in his head or his heart, but he didn't seem all that upset. <laughs> no. In fact, no. in fact, he was the he was one of the guys where I felt like he was a little more positive upbeat. about the change and upbeat, upbeat. about the upbeat's yes. the perfect word, actually. Yes. Yeah, upbeat about the change. He wasn't celebrating it. He was respectful to his teammate, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But you just could tell by the tone, right? Versus Devontae Adams says, Hey, it's part of the business. I wish he was playing. He's my buddy. You know, Darren Warren's like, hey, we gotta move forward. We gotta go. We gotta win these games. We gotta do this. We had to and it just uh. seemed more upbeat. So so I hear you there. Um and 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 I think that that's where I I know fans get frustrated by the rumors. Partially, they get frustrated because they don't want to be disappointed again. Like a lot of folks love Darren Waller, a lot of folks love Hunter Renfro, and they don't want to see them go, especially if they, you don't know what you're getting in return. So, so I get that of it, and that's why I just I wanted to go through this with you, Mo, because and you brought this up as we were doing prep for the show, and it's a good one because people need to understand how these come about. You take them with a grain of salt. They're never going to go away. In some ways, they're a little bit fun just because like, oh, that's interesting. Uh, and you but read between the lines. Nothing is as seem as it seems overtly, I believe. No, you're right. Yeah, I, I, if I were a betting man, and I am, <laughs> um, I would say I, <laughs> I would say that Hunter Renfro is more than likely suiting up for the Rays in 2023. Yep. Darren Waller, Meh. I don't know. It, it it could go out of the way. And we've been on the show. We've said that we could see the Raiders trading Darren Waller. And I said yeah. that we, first of all, we didn't think that he should have got the extension. Yeah. And then on top of that, his injury history, I, I can understand why the Raiders would dangle him out there because they could say, well, we could capitalize on his, on his return now, because if he gets hurt, as he gets hurt and time goes on, his, his, you know, his trade value is going to deplete. So Absolutely. you trade him now. He looked, as I said in a previous show, he looked good coming back from injury. Yes. He looked pretty yes. good. So that helps his trade value. You can say, well, look, he was hurt, but when he got back on the field, look how well Productive. he played. So yeah. I, I could see the Raiders trading Darren Waller. I, I'm pretty sure Hunter Renfro is back, not as sure with Darren Waller. And I'll tell you the other thing here uh, I think people should think about is uh, that you might that might be a position, again, if the Tom Brady thing is how the Raiders go. We don't know. We're not saying that it has to or that it should at this point. But if it does, I'll tell you what, Rob Gronkowski's been out there a lot talking about this and talking. So he very well could be coming as a package deal if he comes to the Raiders. And so then suddenly you have a tight end 
Uh, and so you could trade Darren Waller, get some draft capital, and get another defensive player, <laughs> or get a young a young player on offense that you can have uh, as those guys ride into the sunset after one or two years. So so that's all things to consider. All right. That's going to do it for the rumor mill stuff. When we come back, we're going to talk about something that I've talked about, Murph has talked about, and Mo brought up, especially uh, yesterday on the episode, which was about the most valuable thing in the NFL, which is a quarterback and really any significant player of talent on a rookie contract. We'll talk why that matters and uh, why we talk about it all the time and why you should always think about it when you're thinking about how your team can get better. You're listening to Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast covering the Las Vegas Raiders. We will be right back after this. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to segment dos. That's right, two of silver and black today. A little Spanish for you, Mo. Uh, here on Odyssey, we are an Odyssey original podcast covering the Las Vegas Raiders. My partner is Mo Moten. He's a national NFL writer for Bleacher Report, also the Raiders columnist on sportsnot.com. Follow him on Twitter, at Mo Moten. That's Mo with an E, and I am at LV Gully. Okay, Mo, you brought it up yesterday in talking about um, a recent show, a recent Raiders fan radio show with our good friend uh, Murph, who does our post-game shows during the season with us, um, about the rookie contract. He, did, he, he, he was getting frustrated, I think, with Raider fans not understanding why uh, a rookie contract for a quarterback is such a big deal. And so we want to talk about that because you, you, you've, you've triggered thoughts for you. And, and you look at some of the proof of this. Now, I've been going back and forth with people online who just constantly say, you, don't, you know, you need a defense. You can have an average quarterback and still win and if you have a great defense. While that can be true, in the NFL, it's about complementary football. So a lot of the people on the Bengals are, that are talking about the Bengals are, well, Joe, if they didn't have Joe Burrow, they would be average. I'm like, well, they have a top five defense. So you can't say they'd be okay with a super defense and an average quarterback and then point at the Bengals and say they'd be nothing without Joe Burrow. Um, so, so that kind of goes out the window. But three of the four championship teams in the championship games, I should say, this weekend – Eagles with Jalen Hurts, the uh, the the Bengals with um, Burrow, and the 49ers with Brock Purdy. I know Brock Purdy wasn't their starting quarterback. Okay, there's a caveat there. And Mahomes, who signed his big deal two years ago. Uh, but three of the four are on rookie contracts. Tell people why you believe that that is not an aberration. It's not an aberration simply because, and I'll, and I'll say this first is not a hundred percent 
success. It doesn't have a hundred percent success rate. No, no plan to get to the Super Bowl or the playoffs does. But what I will say is that having a quarterback on a rookie deal allows you so much flexibility because you can spend on so many areas of need if your quarterback isn't make a lot of money because we all know quarterback is the highest paid position in the league, especially yes. if you have a, a, a serviceable one. If you have a Kirk Cousins, he could cost you $40 million. And Kirk <laughs> Cousins is not a top 10 quarterback by any means of the word, a phrase. So we all know quarterbacks cost a lot. So if you can get one on that plays well on a cheap deal, then you can you can a spend on your defense if you're the Raiders and you've had a, a poor defense for 20 years. B, you can surround that player, even if he is average, you can surround him with a great supporting cast. So now you may have an average quarterback, but now you have a top five wide receiver, you have a top five running back, you have a stout offensive line, you have a solid defense. So he doesn't have to play at the level of a Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow or any of these top quarterbacks to get his team to the playoffs. He just needs to make timely plays. And that's what I think Brock Purdy has done. Brock yes. Purdy, I, I know I understand he's played well, but Brock Purdy is not throwing for 300 yards every week. He's not throwing three touchdowns in every game. That's right. not happening. He, ha- he has all pro talent on every level of his defense. And the 49ers paid Fred Warner recently, by the way. And he has an all, all pro left tackle in Trent Williams, who they paid recently, by the way. Yes, and he they acquired an uh, a top level running back in Christian McCaffrey, so they had the money to spend on these players. And as you said, I understand Brock Purdy didn't start off as a season as a starter, but they started off with Trey Lance. Trey Lance, same thing. The, the yeah. plan the plan was to go with Trey Lance, who by the way is on a rookie deal. <laughs> it was they they were fortunate to have Jimmy Garoppolo. Jim Garoppolo is not making top five quarterback money either, so let's not mm-hmm. make a mistake there. It's not like he's hurting their cap space but Mm -hmm. they're in a situation now especially once they boot jimmy not boot him because he's gonna be a free agent but they're set up for the future yeah so now going ahead even if they i don't think they're gonna go back to trey lance but regardless of who their starter is between trey lance and brock party the 49ers still have so much flexibility because their quarterback isn't making a ton of money right so again it allows you to spend even if you miss on a certain free agent it doesn't hurt you that much because you still have a lot of cap space left over because again your quarterback is not making top of the market money well and mo i think the other point is if you think about it now nobody hits 100 percent in the draft so so i'm not going to say that that happens but if more than not, now the Raiders have been the opposite. They've completely whiffed in the draft with the exception of a couple guys, including Josh Jacobs, including Max Crosby, okay? Uh, forget Trayvon Morgan, Nate Hobbs. I'm not even talking. I'm talking about higher level guys. Um, those guys, you're talking rounds one through four. If a team hits on one through four, let's say three out of those four, and those are contributors or starters on your team from day one. Uh, and they become good, serviceable starters in the NFL. Then the next year, when you have holes to fill, to your point, you can fill those holes because, yes, the quarterback's the most expensive position on the field. So, so to have that piece of it is massive. But let's say you're the Chiefs and you give Patrick Mahomes the big deal, which our friend Lee Steinberg, who was on last week, is the one who got him that deal. Um, you can then shift it in other places and you know that you have to draft well and fill those roles. And so it's important that all your contracts are in a good state. You start to see what happens when you saw what the Rams did. They built their team differently. Somebody kind of clapped back at me on Twitter 
when I was talking about this is how you build a team, he said, well, no, look at the Rams, look at some of these other teams who do it the other way. And I said, yes, but now the Rams are in for probably three or four years. They have no draft capital, by the way. It's not like they have draft capital. If they did that and had draft capital, okay, they don't. So you're talking about three or four years is going to be really rough, like a full rebuild, like down to the studs. And, and that's because they gave up that part of it. They said, no, we're going to go buy the guys we need. And it worked. They won a Super Bowl. But for a long-term success in the NFL, you have to look at the teams who've modeled. I use the Bengals. You use the Eagles. You look at what the Patriots have done, how they filled roles with guys that are free agents or draft picks in lower rounds, and it worked for them. And so, so that's where I look at for Raider fans. Sometimes you fans get upset when players are, are, are sent on the road. They're sent goodbye, okay? Uh, Derek Carr happens to be one of them this year, a big one. And that is, in the modern NFL, Mo, the, the turnaround of a roster happens more frequently. It's not 1985. Guys don't play, with the exception of a couple of positions here and there, most guys are not going to stay with the team eight or ten years. Right. And the other, the other thing I want to say, though, to your point, <clears throat> to the person's point who clapped back at you with the, with the Rams model is yeah. you have to look at where team is. The Rams were in a Super Bowl window, even with Jared Goff. Right. So it doesn't it doesn't help them to then have a rookie quarterback because that rookie quarterback may have to have a learning curve and you have to wait right. for that quarterback to develop. They were in a win now window. So it makes sense for them to swing for the fences with a Matthew Stafford trade to win now and they got a Super Bowl out of it. If you're a team like the Raiders who are not just one quarterback away, because by the way, you need a upgrade your offensive line mm -hmm. you need to overhaul your defense you have so many question marks it's a better method to take the rookie the quarterback rookie deal route because again you're not in a super bowl window what is the rush so unless unless you're you're bringing in a tom brady and you're expecting him to attract other free agents then it's a different story right then you start swinging for the fences of course but if you're a team like the raiders who are I don't say starting from scratch, but reloading at the quarterback position, right. and you have to reload your entire defense mostly. Yep. Then the better pathway is to say, okay, we won't spend a lot on a quarterback. We'll build up the roster. The quarterback will grow with the growth of our defense, with the growth of our offensive line, and hopefully, and hopefully, you hope that your scouting department makes the right picks, makes some good picks, as you said, because as I as I wrote on Bleacher Report recently. Four teams went from last to a playoff team. Amazing. Last in their division. Now, the Ravens are kind of an outlier because they had a bunch of injuries. I get it. But look at the Giants. Look at the Seattle Seahawks. Look at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, the Jaguars and the, and the Giants, we can argue, have, you know, they made major upgrade at the head coaching position. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. But, but Seattle, Pete Carroll is not – now, Pete Carroll is one of the most established head coaches out there, but yeah. he's not an offensive mind. People weren't saying, oh, mm. Pete Carroll is, is – one of the greatest of all time. I think he's top notch, but they had Geno Smith on a cheap deal. And what <laughs> exactly. did they do? They hit on a bunch of their draft picks, yep. brought in some guys and it, and it hit, it worked. Yeah. Yeah. So now, now they're set up for the future. They have two top 10 draft picks. They're going to have to pay Geno Smith. Yes, but they can franchise tag him. They don't have to pay him 40 million, more like 30 and they could continue to grow. So it all depends where your team is. In the roster build in the roster building stage. Now I will say, it doesn't work for everyone. If you mm -hmm. build up a, a good roster and you whiff on the quarterback position, you turn into the New York Jets. 
who, by the right. way, are looking to replace Zach Wilson. But they have a great roster. They still need a quarterback. If right. you have a good roster and you have a rookie quarterback, uh, you have a quarterback on a rookie deal, and you have faulty coaching, you become the, the Los Angeles Chargers, <laughs> who are a good team, but you think they should be better. But their head coaching situation is a little, sh a little shaky with Brandon Staley. So, again, yeah. we're not saying that the rookie deal plan is flawless, but we're saying it gives the Raiders a better chance in the position that they're in right now. Right, and your example of the New York Jets is a great one because the Jets are now in the position, whether it's Derek Carr, whether it's uh, Lamar Jackson, I still think he'll be a Raven, but let's say something crazy happened. Um, Daniel, Daniel Jones, whoever it is, they have the opportunity to just go sign whatever quarterback they want because the rest of the team is on rookie deals, right? I mean, that defense, look, they had all pro in Sauce Gardner, right? Rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year uh, back there from the University of Cincinnati. Did a great job. So so they have structured their roster. They missed on the quarterback. Had they, had they hit on quarterback, holy moly, would they be in the best of all positions because they'd have those rookie contracts, offense, defense, all the way around. But they didn't. But now they have the flexibility and the cap to go ahead and go out and get that quarterback. And so that's why this is so important. I know some other shows don't talk a lot about it. We do because we find it so fascinating. We find it very hopeful for the Raiders if it's managed correctly by Dave Ziegler. I imagine it will be because of what he learned in his time at, at, at New England. He overspends a little bit on, and he likes to trade. You talked about that. He's got an itchy finger for the trade phone. But, but we'll see how that all goes down. Um, but it's so important to understand this because in today's NFL, unless your organization is just complete trash, I know some fans will say the Raiders are, you can turn things around quickly and, and you have to understand why they will move on from players who seemingly have some left in the tank like Derek Carr and others. It's to do this so that you can be consistently better over the longer term. Right, and I think people, and I still see this a lot, when people I give you give a suggestion of who could be the next quarterback, people will say, "Well, that guy's not better than Derek Carr. Why would they do that?" <laughs> and it's not always about the now, because again, you're built. If you're as a GM, you have to have an eye for the future. So let's say yeah. Jacoby Brissett is the bridge gap quarterback for the Rays in 2023. No, he's not better than Derek Carr, yeah. but he's on a cheap deal. And now, because you because you probably struck out with Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers, you have a quarterback, a bridge quarterback on a cheap deal, and now you can spend. On your offensive line. Now you could spend on your secondary. You can get a top corner. You can get a top safety. You can get a top mm -hmm. linebacker. So it's not about, okay, we need to get some guy who's better than Derek Carr. Or it's a failure of a plan. You have to see the big picture. And I think if you if you strike out with Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, now you could spend at these other positions while you figure out the quarterback position. Correct. And it's it's hard for fans to see that sometimes because they want the best for their team. Uh, everybody And they wants want to win now. And they want to win now and they want <laughs> they want to be proud of the guys their team gets in the draft and they want to love the quarterback, whoever it is. And if it's Jimmy Garoppolo versus Brady versus um, uh, Bryce Young or CJ Stroud, you know, that would be different. It's a different feel. You can get really excited over this big rookie coming out. And that's the one thing I'll tell you. We talked about rumors in the last segment, but be careful, too, of the draft trade rumors. Right. We saw one uh, today, this morning about the Raiders moving up to number one in the capital. I, I just don't see them doing it because could they move from seven to three, perhaps not to one, it would cost you too much and you have too many holes. So be wary of those as well uh, because they need for the reasons we just outlined, Mo, they need the draft capital so they can have those rookie contracts. And the other reason I, w I don't see the Raiders trading up for number one pick, and th this is my opinion, 
shout out to Farrell NFL. I was just on his show. And he yep. and he said something that I had been thinking is that there is no quarterback in this draft class who I think is a generational talent that's worth trading up for at the number one spot. If I'm tra- if I'm the Raiders and I consider a trade up, it wouldn't be for the number one position. It would be moving up two spots to maybe five, because mm-hmm. if you're moving from five to seven, the jump isn't that big. You don't have to give up that much draft capital. So I've said this on other shows that if C.J. Stroud, for some reason, if he's available at five, I consider a move up there because you're not giving up multiple ones to get there. You're not giving up premium draft capital in multiple years to get up to that spot. But if you're sticking at seven, the value is there because, again, I don't think any of these quarterbacks are going to be, you know, in 10 years, a five-time all-pro talent. Yeah, yeah. Well, but, Mo, you remember, nobody good from Ohio State ever succeeds at quarterback, so... Oh, At least that's what people I, I tell hate, me. I, I, I cannot stand that narrative. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, had somebody, uh, I had somebody tell me this the other day who's a Raider fan. I looked at his profiles, Raiders, USC, and I'm like, when's the last time a USC quarterback did great? Hmm. Forget about Caleb Williams. I know he's going to be cool coming out of college next year. But really, cool. who's made it? Who's made a good long career as a USC quarterback since Carson Palmer? And he wasn't exactly Mr. All-Pro. He was a good quarterback for a long time, including with the Raiders. But USC, I don't know. I'm Jets, not sure about USC Jets, quarterback. Jets fans will yell Mark Sanchez at the top of their lungs, but we won't get into that one. No. But, yes. <laughs> but, I, but I will say, I always say to those people who say, oh, Ohio State quarterbacks don't do anything in the NFL, you scout the player, not the helmet. Yes. Because if you if you do that, if you say, exactly. okay, we're 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 not gonna draft players at this position <clears throat> from this school, you could miss out on a generational talent because what that <laughs> particular prospect can do has nothing to do with with what the other six to eight prospects did before him. You have Correct. to scout the player and what he can do. Well, and that's what I said, and I'll I'll leave this as we close out this segment, uh, before we get to our mailbag segment, our popular mailbag segment next next one after the break. <clears throat> excuse me, is um, somebody was really coming after me with this stuff, with the Ohio State stuff. And I said, listen, I go, when's the last time a good quarterback came from Texas Tech? When's the last time a good quarterback came from Wyoming? And he's like, you idiot, it's Patrick Mahomes. I said, exactly. You just proved my point. You never know. Texas Tech, Wyoming, right? With with, with Allen. So, again, there's all sorts of, um, uh, and heck, even even Purdue, I mean, look at Drew Brees, right? Some of the best ever came out of programs that produce quarterbacks, but not long-lasting NFL quarterbacks. So to your point, scout the player, not the helmet. All right. People really quick, people have said the same thing for a while about Alabama quarterbacks. Yes. Right? Yeah. For a while, people were saying that about Alabama quarterbacks. They don't do anything when they come to the league. Who's projected to be the number one quarterback (laughs) drafted in this year's draft? After, and also his uh, his his brother in arms from Alabama, who's in New England right now, right? Mac Jones. So again, now some people say Mac Jones sucks. He was a, <laughs> he was a Pro Bowler last year, and now he's got his offensive coordinator back, so he's going to be just fine, I think. But anyway, and really, to your really point, quick, it and just really happens. Jalen, I know Jalen Hurts went to Oklahoma, oh, but yeah. he came up through Alabama. Yes. So yes. Oh, and by the way, Joe Burrow first signed at Ohio State. Exactly. And before Urban Meyer was such an idiot, chased him out of there. <laughs> that's a whole that's a whole different story because Urban Meyer is just whoop cuckoo. Uh, but anyway, all right, we're gonna step aside and go to our f- our final break. When we come back from our final break, Mo and I will get through some of the questions that Raider Nation has sent us over this week, uh, including about uh, some of those things that are on top of your mind, including quarterback, including. 
plans the Raiders may have. So don't go anywhere. We're going to get to those in just a minute. You're with Mo. You're with Scott. This is Silver and Black Today on the Original Podcast. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We are in the home stretch, Raider Nation. That's right. Welcome back. Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast covering your Las Vegas Raiders. Also, to our audience on 1140 The Bet and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. Yes, we're also on the radio. Where Mo and I sound much deeper when you're listening on AM or on HD2. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Mo did have you. You did have your sick voice the other day. You did sound. You were much more in like the Luther Vandross realm. You know what? The one you know thing who Luther I Vandross can... is. Please tell me you do. Of course, of course. I okay, do. okay, okay. I just want to make sure. Age difference. But I the... want to make sure. <clears throat> the one thing I will say about getting you know, respiratory illness and getting sick, which is what I have right now, Yeah, is at the tail end of it, before, like, after I gain my, when I'm starting to get my voice back, it's a lot deeper. Yeah. And I, I'll say this too, in the morning, especially, I wish we did a show in the morning. If you, Ooh, if yeah. you heard my morning radio voice, yep. you'd love it. Yep. I, when I did, when I did Silver and Black today, the first year we did it, uh, which was, it started in April of 2018, uh, on, on 1140 in Las Vegas. Um, it was in the morning, right? So, so, and I would go to set up all the video because we live streamed it from the studio. And so the show, the show went from eight to 10. So it was great. Two hour show. Um, but I would get there two hours early because that's just how I am. I get there two hours early, set everything up, get everything right. So I'd be in there. I'd be pounding coffee because it's sun, Sunday morning at 6am, right? And dark outside, the whole thing. And then I get on the air and I'm like, oh, and I'm like, whoa, dude, if I could only speak like this all the time, because the voice was deep. And if, if I was out late the night before, if I had a cigar, if I had a drink, it was even deeper. So, Mo, we just got to drink, smoke and get sick more. That's all. <laughs> right? That's it. Uh, that's, 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 that's the solution right that's there. The, that's the truth. All right, here we go. Okay, so we are now getting to, in the offseason, we don't do a separate mailbag show. We do a mailbag segment. When we get back in the season, we'll do an entire show like we usually do. But we always get messages from you. I'm going to start incorporating some of the Twitter messages in here, too. We might even do like a, a, a mean tweet thing uh, if people st- keep tweeting stuff at us uh, when they didn't disagree. I'll wait till Tom Brady gets signed by the Raiders, and then we'll use those. Those will be gold. Um, but anyway, we're going to go to these questions from all of you. So thank you for sending them. If you'd like to send them in by mail, you can do so. Mail at silverandblacktoday.com or... Hit up Mo, Twitter, M-O-E-M-O-T-U-N, or me, L-V Gully, or S-N-B Today on Twitter. 
You can ask us the question there. We'll save it. We'll bookmark it for the next show. So if you don't want to send us an email because you're under 40 and you don't even use it anymore, cool. Send it to us there. Uh, you could even leave it as a comment on our TikTok. Mo made me open a TikTok account. No, I'm just kidding. Um, we, you can follow us on TikTok as, as well as Instagram, too, if you want to see some short videos. So anyway, we're going to get to those questions now. We appreciate you guys sending them in. All right, Mo, you ready? You ready for this? I think so, depending on I, what's on that paper. I think you are. You might want to take some more cough medicine. Um, okay, here we go. <laughs> uh, this one comes from our good friend Gary, who sends in a question every show. Gary Harkin Reader, one of our best guys. We like to give him a shout out. He sent me like four questions. So, Gary, I'm going to break this down so you don't have to send me another one this week unless something comes up because I'm going to I'll use another one next week because you had four questions within one email. And he usually does that because he's so informed and we, and we love him. But I picked one out. So here it is. And he says, hey, guys, in today's NFL, to compete year in and year out, you need to have overlapping three-year plans. So my question is, what would football mind Al Davis do versus what the business mind Mark Davis will do? With free agency, rookie contracts, retiring players, and injuries, how do you build a team? That's from Gary. So I think he's getting to the old school Al Davis was always chasing the best athlete he could find versus Mark Davis and the new regime, i.e. Dave Ziegler, have a much more business approach controlled by what we talked about in segment two, which is which is the contract and the salary cap in the NFL and the three year overlapping plan. I agree with him. I think fans, most fans don't understand that, that that, yes, you're building for the future two years before you need it or three years before you need it. When you look at this, though. How do you build this team? We talked about it last segment. The Raiders offense is, is as close as you can get to being a, a, a really, I think, a top five offense even, right? If they had everybody there and everybody was clicking. Uh, and on the defense, it's the complete opposite. So how do you build this team, Mo, if you're the GM? Well, first of all, I would try to – if I strike out on Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, mm -hmm. I, get a cheap, I get a quarterback on a cheap deal. So that – Preferably a rookie deal, because then that gives you at least four, three to three to four years of cheap quarterback play, regardless of how the player plays. Because let's be um, get some context here: a player cannot get an extension to after he plays his third year. So, get a quarterback on a cheap deal, right? So that that gives you some leeway, flexibility there. But I also spend on the defense and the offensive line, and why I do that is because, and I'll be specific: I spend on the offensive line and the cornerback position. And I say that because you don't want to pay a premium for non-premium positions. So safety, you know, mm -hmm. you can get a good mm -hmm. safety in a draft in the second round. You don't have to pay top dollar for a safety. I do like Jesse Bates, but, you know, in, in the hierarchy of, of position importance, safety is not at the top. There's a reason why safety's franchise tag number is low. Right. So I spend, I spend heavy at the premium positions, and I try to draft good or dra draft – some players that can contribute right away at spots like linebacker, safety, guard, players that are not necessarily going to make a lot of money if they're good and they want an extension. Mm -hmm. Because once they're for the extension, you're gonna if you want to keep them, you got to pay them. Right. All right. So running backs, another position. J Josh Jacobs is an exception. Typically, I don't want to pay for running back, but because you have a questionable quarterback position, you want to make sure your running back is pretty decent because you don't know what you have. Yeah. You're passing him at the quarterback spot. So that's that's where the, there's there are exceptions to the rule, obviously. But mm -hmm. basically my philosophy is spend at the premium positions, 
draft at the non-premium positions and try to keep as many good players as possible who are established like the Max Crosby's and the Hunter Renfro's and Devontae Adams of the world. Yeah. And so, so that, that brings up a good question though, because we, we obviously were talking a lot about quarterbacks too. And you talked about uh, if you don't get Brady or Rogers with Rogers to me, still, I know they'll be in play and they'll probably have a conversation there. It's just going to cost you so much money, but nonetheless, um, if, if they don't go those directions, you talked about a, a quarterback on a rookie contract. So that means IE you draft somebody high in the draft, right? Uh, who comes in as a rookie, but then I think people are forgetting about, I'm not advocating, nor do I think it's the best thing, but there are other quarterbacks out there who will be available, who are still on their rookie quarterbacks that will be cut or could be available via trade um, from their teams. Correct. I mean, Sam, what does San Francisco do? I mean, here on, they, from here on out, they, they might, yes, they, they might keep Trey Lance and, and have him and Purdy can compete. Or they might go down. We don't know. I'm just saying. I know the chances are that's probably what happens. But Trey Lance is on a rookie contract. I know Mac Jones now looks to be out of the picture because of the OC hiring. But there are there are rookie quarterbacks that haven't necessarily worked out in their locations that are available too. So, so you don't know what's going to happen. I'm just bringing that up because that's something that could happen too. If you really want a rookie, you want a quarterback on a rookie deal who's not a rookie. Jordan Love. If the if, if the if the Packers much. don't if the Packers don't trade Aaron Rodgers, I would assume that Jordan Love is going to want to play somewhere. Right now, he's not under the Josh McDaniels tree of New England where he's coached a guy before. But let's mm-hmm. say Josh McDaniels is willing to go outside of that tree, outside of his Rolodex. Right, Jordan Love becomes a valuable asset because let's remember he was drafted in the first round, so he teams think he has potential. Yeah, and he, as you said, he's still on his rookie deal, so you're not paying a lot for him. Right. So if you want to see what Jordan Love's got and you, you like his tools and you like what you saw in the limited action he's he's had in Green Bay, right. you acquire Jordan Love. It's not going to cost you a lot. You could probably get him for a middle-round pick. So let's say the Raiders strike out, or not strike mm-hmm. out, let's say they don't draft a quarterback high in a draft and they have to go to a plan B or C. Yeah. You, you call the Packers and, hey, what, what can we what can we give up for Jordan Love? Well, and if Aaron Rodgers stays in Green Bay, it kind of sounds like he's not going to, but if he does – Jordan Love could go to Las Vegas and Darren Waller could go to the Packers. They asked about him last year, right? And and Aaron Rodgers is complaining about not having enough receivers. So there you go. You never know. Trey Lance. Okay. Trey Lance. There you go. See, I'm telling you. If the 49ers go with Brock Purdy, do they keep Trey Lance? Yeah, that's the thing. And that's what I mean. That's why your point, because I think people think about a quarterback and a rookie contract, they're thinking about somebody you're drafting this year. Not so fast. It could be the other way too. You get a guy that just is looking for a new zip code. And you do it that way. So it could happen. All right. Great discussion. All right. Here we go. Second question, uh, if you're ready, Mo. And this is from Juan in Santa Ana, California. He says, hey, guys, put me in the column that says the Raiders won't get anything for Derek Carr. Why would he help us by agreeing to a trade? I hate to see him go, but understand we have to move on and build the defense. Again, that's Juan in Santa Ana. And this is a perfect segue, Mo, about because your column, you kind of laid out what the Raiders might get for Derek Carr. But I first want to address, before you get to that, his point, Juan's point about why would he want to help the Raiders. And I think this is another thing I've argued, been arguing with people on Twitter about. It helps him. If it helps him and it helps the Raiders, he's not going to say no because it helps the Raiders. 
He's going to say yes because it helps him, which he should do. No begrudging the guy. He's got to do what's best for him. He's not a Raider anymore, technically. So he'll do whatever he wants, and he should. But but walk people through that mindset and then tell us a little bit about what you wrote and possibilities because Juan doesn't think they can get anything for him. I think it comes from an emotional mindset. I think people are looking at it through the wrong lens when they pose mm. it that way. Why would he help the Raiders? And as you said, the first and foremost thing is how can I help myself yes. first? Regardless, forget what it does for the Raiders. What's the best situation for me? And I think for Carr, the best situation for him is to go to a team that he thinks he can win with and keep his current contract. Because if Carr gets cut, he's probably not going to get a deal that's comparable or as good or better than what the deal that he has now. Carr has a $34.9 million cap hit next in the 2023 season. It goes up, I believe, in the, in the, above four, $43 million in 2024. So if he goes to the free agent market, is the team going to pay him $35 million on a new deal? That might be a stretch. Now, that his agent has the answers to that question. We don't know for sure. But I guarantee you a team is not going to pay him $40 million if he hits the open market. So if I'm Derek Carr, I'm thinking I can go to a team that can win now. If they give up a second or third round pick for me, they're not depleting their roster. And I get to keep my current contract. That's the motivation to get traded. Again, forget if it helps the Raiders or not. What's the best situation for me? And I think players, most players want to make the most money they can get, right? So why would yep. you... Why would you tear up your current contract, which is a good deal, by the way, because you want to spite the Raiders? <laughs> now, if you if you think that, then you think Derek Carr is the most pettiest person on earth. Right, which we hear the opposite from those that, that love Derek Carr, and a lot of the fan base does. Um, and so that's what I don't understand, this idea, though. He's not going to do us any favors. He's not going to do them any favors. And then, of course, you have the people on the other side of the fence, which are like, I hope he screws them. Look. You can go out and have your brother say things, or you can, after the fact, you're going to be able to come out and tell the whole story or whatever it was that he said the other day. Um, and that's fine, but you're also not going to screw yourself. You're not going to right. screw yourself. I know some people out there in the world would do this, and that is you're going to screw yourself just to say, ah, <laughs> I told you so. Well, listen, when there's tens of millions of dollars at stake, mm, not going to happen. Mm -hmm. I, I, right. he's a, Derek Carr is a smart young guy, Okay. He's advised by a smart agent, and he's got other people around him who care for his well-being, and they also are living off generational wealth, and so they don't want to screw that up, and so they're not going to. And, and so that's why, with all due respect, Juan, it's not about what he's going to do to the Raiders. It's about what he's going if, to if, – if he gets a good deal on a trade, if they say, hey, if the Jets say, listen, we want to trade for you, we're going to give you – you're going to get your existing contract in place – Plus, we're going to tack on two-year option for $25 million a year. <laughs> okay, great. So now if I, I know if I go to the Jets and I perform well, I got, I got a two years of a guaranteed contract pretty much. And then I got an extension, and I'll probably be able to renegotiate if I go there and we go to the Super Bowl, right? So, so there's opportunity there, and so I think that you have to look at it from that perspective. I know it's hard for fans to do that um, because you do. You get emotional about it. I, I would just say – Helping yourself get the best deal possible with your new team is it should be higher on your priority list than screwing the Raiders. Yeah. Because again, <laughs> let's be honest. Let's be honest. A lot of this, and I don't know how Juan sees this. I'm not saying this is you, Juan, but a lot of people think that the Raiders did Derek Carr dirty. He's gonna by any means screw them over on the way out. No. And I and you I don't think you could say that that's the case if you're in a position again to benefit yourself 
first and foremost. I yeah. think that comes first is what, how can I benefit from this? Correct. For, everything else is secondary. What's in it for me? Yeah. And I think that people who have a vengeful mentality that I want to screw this person over everything, I forget my happiness. I want to screw that person. <laughs> then you would take that around and say, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna cooperate at all. I'm yeah. just gonna screw this other person or screw this team on the way out. But if you're looking yeah. at it as me first, how do I how does this benefit me? Then you want to trade so again, you can keep your contract. Yes. And and if he wanted to do that, you can find a lot of people on Twitter every day doing that, by the way. But if, if you want, his name would be Antonio Brown. If you want to know people who do that <laughs> against their own self-interest. No, and I'm serious. I'm not trying to make a joke, really. But it's isn't it true? Antonio Brown did so many things. It's like, if you guys know your history and, and Cortez, when he, when, he, when he came to the New World, what did he do? He burned his ship so that they couldn't go back. This is like burning a bridge. And Derek Carr, I know his faith is important to him. And I know his brother's out there talking a little coveted smack and stuff like that. But overall, these are good people. These are people who, who have strong faith and they believe in what they say. And so I just don't see it. I know you get, you get emotions, you get upset, and clearly he's upset because he put everything he had into the Raiders. And, and you understand that and you sympathize with it. But he's not going to screw himself. I just don't see it happening. All right, Juan, thank you so much for your question. All right, rolling on with the time we have left. Um, here we go. It says, hey, Mo and Scott, realistically... I love when it starts with realistically because usually it's not realistic, but in this case it is. Who would be a better fit, Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers? I know Rodgers is great too and younger, but I can't imagine anyone having a better influence on a locker room than the guy with seven rings. What are your thoughts? P.S. Has Mo met that girl for sushi yet? <laughs> and that is uh, signed Peace. Dennis, who's written in a couple times this season, Dennis in El Paso, Texas. Mo, first on the sushi. No, we haven't hooked that up yet. No. No. No, no. No, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. We're still waiting for a picture. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> we have not gotten to. But Mo, the Aaron Rodgers thing is, is, is I wouldn't say heating up, but, but the Raiders and Aaron Rodgers are being mentioned in the same sentence now, at least in the last few days. If, if, if it all comes down to it, we know Aaron Rodgers, as I talked about earlier, going to be a lot more expensive. But if it's your, but he's got some, I think, more tread left on the tire. But is the tread on a Maserati that's maybe a little past its prime better than the tread on a Porsche? Like, like what would you think here? What's the better fit for this Raiders team with the offense, knowing that they're going to invest a lot of money in the defense? First, I want to say I did have a very good taco date. That's oh, it. you did. Taco Is that how you got sick? Pretty, that might have been how I got sick. <laughs> That's all another show. But you uh, got to be careful uh, if if she's coughing. You know, you don't want to get too close. That's again. That's a whole other Mo story <laughs> that we'll save for another segment. But oh, we can't. We'll love with Mo. It's going to be great. Okay. <laughs> I will say that I think as far as where the Raiders are, Tom Brady is a better fit simply because, and I've said this. The Raiders have so many holes to fill across the roster. So mm. the quarterback that you get, you don't want to have to give up draft capital and pay him top dollar. Right. That's what they're going to have to do to get Aaron Rodgers because Peter King said the Packers are going to want two first rounders for Aaron Rodgers. Mm -hmm. So you're going to have to pay Aaron Rodgers, who's who's gonna who's gonna get 59.5 million in guarantees in 2023 and give up premium draft capital for just to get him. 
So now you you are restricted at what you can do at the top of the draft. You are restricted at what you can do in free agency. Whereas Tom Brady, you sign him to a contract. You keep your draft capital. He's attracting free agents. Not that Aaron Rodgers wouldn't, but guys look at Tom Brady like this guy won seven rings. So you probably get a better pick of the litter as far as who's willing to come to Vegas and play with Tom Brady. By the way, there are going to be guys out there who won titles with him that may want to come with him from Tampa Bay. So yeah. I think that's the other draw to it. Aaron Rodgers, as good as he is, he's got one title. And his team yeah. didn't make the playoffs this past season. I'm not saying he's washed, but I'm saying that comparably speaking, when you talk about value, you can get more value out of a Tom Brady, again, because you can keep your draft capital and not yeah. have to pay him a market-setting contract. Then you add in the familiarity with Josh McDaniels Josh in the McDaniels. system. Now, I'm not saying Aaron Rodgers couldn't play in that system because I think he could. With Davante Adams, yes. Yes, especially gets back his, his old bestie wide receiver. But at the same, and I know that is very appealing to fans when they say, "Oh my gosh, have you got these guys back together again?" But but I agree with you. I think that's why the Tom Brady works. Uh, un- unless you're the Raiders and you really think you're going to need three more years for a young quarterback to develop or to go get a young quarterback, um, and and again, it, it's a different. I think you start. And if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I don't know that I want to go to the Raiders because of that reason, knowing that hey, you know what, boy, if the Raiders made the playoffs this year. And they were, again, they were 10 and seven and they're just on the cusp. They need a couple guys on defense, another offensive lineman, and they're a contender. Then if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I'd love to go play for the Raiders. But I think, I think that's what people aren't considering is, is not only what you'd have to give up and what you'd have to pay him, but also is a player, is, is that the greatest position for him? And I know with Tom Brady, he's going to be a lot less money. And, and then you have the ability to get better faster on both sides of the ball. The other thing about Aaron Rodgers is this is not high on the list of, of you know, knocks against him. But over the last two, three years, every year after the season's over, you got to go through, oh, is Aaron Rodgers going to retire? <laughs> what does he want to do? You have to go through that soap opera with him. You have to do it with Brady, Brady too, Brady. though. I mean, Brady did retire, but it was kind of like, okay, I don't like this retirement. I'm coming right back. Yeah. It lasted, what, six weeks? Six weeks. Aaron Rodgers will string out his soap opera for an entire offseason. <laughs> so you're sitting there waiting from from the time you're eliminated from playoff potential or the playoffs yeah. all the way until free agency. What is Aaron Rodgers going to do? Then you have to wait and find out what's his decision. Tom Brady is usually, for the most part, has been, I'm playing, I'm in. Tom Brady yeah. usually doesn't wait until March yeah. to let you know what he's going to do. You usually know beforehand what he's going to do. And as I said, when, even when he did retire, he was back within six weeks. Yep. And, and do you think though, do you think Devonte Adams is on the phone to Aaron Rodgers right now saying, Hey man, come out to Vegas. I'm sure he, based on what Devonte Adams said, like he got, he came to Vegas for a car, but he, he also wants to play with a, with a good quarterback because yep. he's in his prime year. So I'm sure he's on, you know, he's probably said, Hey, you know, if they do have a connection and they do talk, he's probably like, hey, you want to go to a team in the AFC? You know, we got, <laughs> a, sure, we got a position I'm, open. And I'm sure Devontae Adams would be happy with him or Brady. Of course. So, of course. Yeah, any of those guys are good. All and, right. And that's, uh, and, that's, and that's my point why those two guys are possible. I think Brady more possible yes. than Rodgers because you still you want to make sure not that you're falling over yourself to make sure Devontae Adams is happy, but mm-hmm. you don't want Devontae Adams to go into 2024 saying, I don't like your quarterback plan. I want out. No, a bunch of these guys on the Raiders who 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 play on the roster now 
watch Tom Brady during his the key point of his prime early on, right? These guys grew up watching him. And imagine being able to play with him. I think everybody would be excited about it. All right, Dennis, thank you so much for your question. On to the last question uh, here. This is always fun when you get these. Uh, it says, hey, Scott, I saw your tweet from a few days ago saying Raider fans could, quote, learn a lesson on how the teams uh, can build like the Bengals. Why do we need to learn a lesson? Shouldn't Dave Ziegler and Mark Davis learn the lesson? That is from Eric in Henderson. So, <laughs> so this is partially an English lesson. So I had, I had people really angry. Who are you to tell us we need to learn? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Ease, ease up on the reins there. When I say learn a lesson, it's a lesson as a fan of how teams can turn things around quickly. Okay, so it's amazing to me how people will take something. And I went back and forth with only one person because he's like, you're lecturing us. I'm like, dude, a lesson. That means to learn something. It's not a negative term. And he argued with me that it was a negative term, that I was being demeaning and that I was a insulting beat reporter, which I'm not a beat reporter, but nonetheless. And here's the thing. It's like we can learn lessons as fans, as journalists about how a team we cover could look at another team and figure it out. So that's what I meant by it. And, and Dennis was not, or excuse me, Eric was not being a jerk here. He was just honestly just saying it. He was not one of those people who uh, was really upset about it. But Mo, yes, Dave Ziegler can learn the lesson. But as a fan, the lesson I was trying to Im implore on folks was you don't have to think that the world is always going to suck and that your team is terrible and there's no way out of it. That actually, with the new leadership, if they do things well, the team can get turned around pretty quickly. I mean, we've talked about it now for two shows this week. Uh, and that was my point. Did, do you understand what I was saying, Mo? Or am I just losing my command of the English language? I understand what you were saying, but you also have to understand that when you go on Twitter, and I see this a lot, you have to you have to be careful how you phrase things because a number of things could be taken out of context as you're lecturing, you're talking down, you're being condescending because let's be honest, a lot of people on Twitter are condescending and talk sure. down to people. And that's sure. that's kind of the the mode on Twitter. When you go on Twitter and you see someone tweet a certain statement or say something, you're re a lot of times you're reading it from a condescending tone. So you kind of have to, when you go on Twitter, you kind of have to, you don't have to do this, and I don't do this, but if you want to not offend anyone, you got to have to walk on eggshells and you have to really read your tweet over and over again and make sure, okay, did, did I phrase this correctly? Did I phrase that correctly? And no one's going to do that. Right. So there's always going to be someone who takes your tweet, even though you didn't mean it in a certain way, there's always going to be someone out there who reads a tweet in a certain tone and go, you're talking now, you're being condescending. <laughs> and that's just the way it is on Twitter because so many people are that way. You're just lumped into that. That yes. I don't want to say that. There's just, a, there's just a certain culture on social media that is just not... You can't, it's hard so to have are, a healthy conversation discussion on it. Yes, these are my words, not Mo's. I want to make that clear. There are a lot of people out there who want to be outraged, want to be upset, want to fight, want to be negative, probably because, let me put my dime store psychology degree on the wall, probably because they're not happy people. 
And so social media is an easy place to go just bitch at everybody. Okay? So I get that. Um, one other thing, and again, I want to thank Eric for the note. And I know that Eric's note was in good, in good nature because I deal with him on Twitter all the time. He's a good dude. We disagree a lot, but he's a good dude. Um, the other one I put out was about Derek Carr and the conversation that, that Derek Carr is willing to talk about a trade. He's not waiving his no trade clause per se, but he's willing to talk and do that. I should say it is sort of waiving your no trade, waiving the no trade clause because you're agreeing to a trade, right? He has the way of, of, of picking where he wants to go. So I tweeted out a tweet, Mo, in alternating caps. Remember? I remember the tweet. And it got picked up by a couple national websites and embedded in stories about Derek Carr. And that's why and now I know all these psychos were coming at me. And people took it, the, the alternating caps, one guy, the funniest one was one guy says, why are you writing like you're 15? Which was a good, that was a, that was a good one. Like when, when people, when people come at me with that, that's funny. Like I, I can appreciate that. But everybody else is like, this is ridiculous. He owes nobody anything. I'm like, it's sarcasm. Sarcasm. And so I started, I, I, I grabbed a screenshot from the Urban Dictionary, which is where alter, if you, if you want to know when you see weird things online, what they mean, especially if you're older, and I'm older, but I knew, you can look it up on the Urban Dictionary, okay? Alternating caps, texting a way of being sarcastic. So when I was talking about Derek Carr being selfish, it was sarcasm. Sarcasm doesn't play well on social media, guys. It does not. But what I started oh, doing was be, because it was in, I don't know, it was like heavy.com and some other sports websites. They, you know how they embed tweets when they're, oh, everybody hates Derek Carr. And then they embed your tweet. Um, <laughs> and so, because <laughs> that's the kind of clickbaity stuff they do. But but I, I just started responding with people with that screenshot of the Urban Dictionary. I was like, I'm not even having a conversation with you. Just look. And then people were like, oh, and then some other guys jumped in. I love the self-correcting social media where somebody aids you without you having to get into an argument with somebody. Somebody comes in and says, dude, do you not know what the SpongeBob meme is with the alternating caps? Here it is. And here's a whole explanation. <laughs> so anyway, social media can be dangerous. I have cooled down this week because people were a little upset. Uh, but anyway, we appreciate the question, Eric, and uh, that's going to wrap up our show and our Raider Nation mailbag. Again, mail us at Silver and Black today, or you can tweet at Mo, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N, me, L-V, Gully, or the show at SNB today. If you want to put your question there, we're happy to answer it on the next show. Mo, I know you got to cover both championship games this weekend. I'm real excited. I want to reiterate, I'm picking an upset. 49ers take out the Eagles. Yes. And I don't care that Patrick Mahomes went into the press conference on Wednesday and walked out without a limp. I still think it's going to impact them. I still think the Bengals, I think they're going to eke it out. I think it's going to be a really close game, but I actually like the Bengals. I like Joe Burrow to go 4-0 against Patrick Mahomes. You just stole my thunder, Scott. Oh, no. I, mean, <laughs> I should have let you go first. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, if you've watched the Bleacher Report live show, you know that I picked the Bengals and the 49ers. Is that in your fancy the studio? Card. Is that in your fancy yeah. studio? Mo's getting, the, it, it's, Mo's getting like they're in Manhattan, right? They in Midtown yep. somewhere? Midtown, or they Midtown. Mid, so Mo, it's now, oh, we got a new nickname. It's now Midtown Mo. Midtown Mo. <laughs> I knew you were going there. I yes. Like. So Midtown Mo gets to go up into the Bleacher Report studio. Anyway, it's a great show. You make sure you watch it. I'll actually be at the studio again on Monday before Ooh. I do it 
our next show. So I'll be okay. doing double duty on Monday, breaking down the Super Bowl matchup. But I totally agree with you. I, I think the San Francisco, I think people are doubting San Francisco partially because Brock Purdy's a rookie and they're waiting for him to have that rookie moment in the, in the big spotlight. Yeah. But I think his supporting cast is so good. And as I said on the previous show, Kyle Shanahan's going to find 58 ways to run the football. And that's the, that's the weakness of the Philadelphia Eagles defense is their run defense. They're, they're 24th in yards per carry allowed. So they're going to run the football. And I think they're going to grind out a 24-21 win. And I agree with you, regardless of how, it lo- how good it looks for Patrick Mahomes, him walking away from a podium, it's different when you're getting hit by 300-pound men on the field. Yeah. That ankle is going to act up, and I think him not having his mobility is going to help the Bengals pass rush in that defense, and the Bengals also win the football game. And it's going to be cold. Uh, it's it's going to be hard to stay warm, despite all the stuff they got on the sidelines. When you have an injury like that, keeping it warm and circulating is going to be tough, especially when you're on the field. Um, listen, I still think Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. No question to me that he is. I think Gerald Burrow is number two now. I really do. And so to see those two guys go up against another, and no, nothing against Jalen Hurts, by the way, he had a great year. But um, to see those two guys go, and I think this is the kind of game where it's going to come down to the last two minutes and, and, and the Bengals win on a field goal. I think that's exactly what's going to happen, even with Patrick Mahomes, unless he, unless he does get injured and can't play significant time then that could it widen the lead but you saw on Wednesday when the line opened on Monday it was the Chiefs by one and a half because of the injury then it went to the Bengals by one and a half minus one and a half favorites and then at, r- literally two minutes after the press conference and the video of him walking off it went down by a half point to one so I, I think if practice reports over the next couple days are okay with Patrick Mahomes and it's positive I think this is going to be a pick'em game. Yeah, I think once it comes down to it before kickoff, it's going to be pretty much a pick'em game. I mean, it's a pick'em game kind of pretty much already. Now, but yeah, but it's it's going to be interesting to see. I I believe he practiced in full to start the week, so yeah, I, I think there's there's optimism that this may not affect him. But as you said, when you know once you get on the field and it's cold and guys are hitting you, it's a diff- it's a totally different story. You have to factor that in. And as I've said before, I think I think the Chiefs are going to miss. Tyreek Hill in this matchup. Yes. The Bengals have some high flying weapons. And I think the Chiefs will be unable to match up with that because they've gone to a short passing game this year Mm -hmm. in certain situations. And I don't think that's going to get it done against the Bengals. And I and here's the point I'll make in closing is I believe, I really do, and I know Raider fans hate hearing it because they hate Mahomes and his voice and his brother, his brother and his wife and all the blah, blah, blah. I get that from the rivalry perspective. But to me, he is a Superman quarterback, but what he is not is superhuman, meaning that injuries impact players. And so I just don't see it happening, so we'll see. But it's going to be fun, my man. I can't wait to talk about it next week. Enjoy covering it. And we will watch Midtown Mo on his show on Monday. Make sure if you don't have the Bleacher Report app where you can watch him or watch it online, make sure you did. He'll tweet it out, so make sure you watch his uh, Twitter handle for that one. Buddy, I hope you uh, get back to 100% by tomorrow. Maybe I'll have an in-between backstage, behind-the-scenes sushi date camera after I, between the Midtown Mo live show and our show, maybe I have a behind-the-scenes segment with my What you do is just just go down a little further south, go into into, uh, Hell's Kitchen a little bit. You know, they have all that fashion stuff there. You find yourself a nice little girl. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. She might be a little skinny. You might need to feed her a little bit. But other than that, it'll be good. So put some put some skin on that bones. Right. Give her some rainbow, rainbow cake and a lot of a lot of avocado and she'll be good. 
Gotta be 150 pounds and up. Gotta be 150. <laughs> uh, 140, go. 140, maybe we can we can work some things out. I feel like we're at a combine. Is this like you the Mo combine where they gotta bulk up before they it's the Midtown you know. Mo Girl Search combine. <laughs> So, so you, you, yeah, you could, you could, she, if she's 140, then you just, you, you, you don't have to feed her. You just get her in the weight room. Right. So and some muscle. Slide, slide some, you know, burgers and chicken <laughs> and with the skin on it, chicken with the skin on it, slide oh, a couple of dishes chicken? of that on, of in course. there, you know, you know, get us some Southern food, some grits, you know, then have you ever had, have you ever had Nashville hot chicken? No, I haven't. Oh, but I dude. heard, I heard it's something it's, to try. It's it's good. You would like it. We'll get you to Cincinnati. They actually have it up here too, so we can get that. Oh, really? All right. Enough food. Enough girls. Enough football. It's time to say <laughs> goodbye. Make sure you check out Mo's work up on Bleacher Report, where he writes about the NFL, or on SportsNot.com, where he writes specifically about the Raiders. Follow him on Twitter at Mo Moton, M O E M O T O N. I am at LV Goalie on Twitter. To all of you out there, thank you so much for your support. It means everything to us. Make sure you turn on your auto downloads and subscribe to the podcast and hit the subscribe button and the notifications bell on YouTube. Until next time, from our producer, David Stepanian, I'm Scott Branson from Momotin. We'll talk to you guys later.